Oh my goodness, this was such a good episode. I'm like geeking out right now on human design. Me too. She was, Nikki was so knowledgeable. I can't even, I'm just like, this has totally piqued my interest for everything human design now. I just want to like dive so deep in everything and re-listen to this episode. Definitely. And this is perfect for anyone who is interested in birth charts. If you've heard anything about different chakras all of this basically human combine human design combines all of those different things and gives you a way to guide your life and to be in alignment and to flow well and the way that Nikki explains it is just so good. What were your guys' favorite parts of the episode? I thought it was so wild how many things were crazy on point with myself and my human design type. Yeah, no, 100% Laura. There were some things she said that I was like, oh my gosh, this is 100% Laura. And then same with me and Lens as generators. I was like, oh my gosh, this is literally so spot on. Yeah. I feel like my my favorite part of the episode, I loved when she talked about, because human design is all about learning about living in your energy and like going with the flow of your energy instead of going against it. And that's when your life kind of creates chaos. So I really liked when she was talking about how um, like society has kind of molded us or wants to mold us to all be the same and work in the same way or in the same energy way, but that's just not how we all naturally intuitively are. So she was just talking about really embracing your own natural energy and, you know, you don't have to be anyone else working within yourself is enough. And that's where your true gifts will come out is when you're in line with your own energy. So I love that. I thought that was super powerful. Definitely. My favorite part is when she talked about inner authority and how me and Casey, because we're generators, um, well, not because, but coincidentally, we're both, um, our inner authority is sacral. And whereas Laura is more emotional authority. So me and Casey should be listening to like our inner gut. And Laura should be like flowing through all the emotions and then be making a decision. And it's so crazy because me and Casey always talk about this too. Like (laughs) when we like purchase something and change our minds like last minute and we're like, why did we do that? Like we should have just like stuck with what we initially like wanted (laughs) because then we always regret it afterwards when we change our minds like last minute for some weird reason. Oh my gosh. All the time. It's literally our our pitfall. Bane of our existence. But for anyone who hasn't heard of human design or wants their birth or wants their human design chart, um, go to Nikki's website and use code flourish for 15% off on your chart brief. Yes. I'm so excited for everyone to listen to this episode. Let's get into it, ladies. Welcome, everyone, to the Flourish We Grow Together podcast. This is Laura DeFrancesco, founder and CEO of Flourish Coworking Space, a lush, sustainable, and inspiring co-working space in Westchester, Pennsylvania, now brought to you online with the We Grow Together podcast. I'm here with Lindsay. Hello, this is Lindsay DeFrancesco, the co-founder of Flourish. And I am Casey, the community manager of Flourish. 
Yes. Thank you so much, Lindsay and Casey. And we are so excited to have Nikki Braffman as our guest today. She is an absolute boss with experience running awesome type awesome companies, tech companies, and then also as a coach, speaker, and human design expert. Nikki, I would love it if you could introduce yourself to our audience. Thanks so much, Lara. It's so good to be here, and thank you for that beautiful introduction. As Lara mentioned, my name is Nikki Braffman. I currently show up as a human design reader and business and life coach working with people to help them minimize chaos in their life and their businesses. Um, but also, as Lara mentioned, I have a background in uh, 10 years as a startup executive before I got really burnt out and had to turn inward and figure out the things that were most important to me um, and to start sharing those things with my clients. Um, I'm a mother as well of one-year-old Julian. So during these crazy times, um, I'm busy wearing a lot of hats, but it feels good. That's amazing. And I, you have had such an incredible journey as an executive and then to a business coach and human design expert and a speaker. Can you tell us more about your transition to that path? I know you, sp- you spoke a little bit about burnout. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I spent the beginning of my career uh, in the startup world. So I spent about 10 years climbing up through the ranks I got my MBA, I finished my MBA when I was 24 years old. So I got out of that um, with a feeling like I had a lot to prove. I was really young. I was the only woman in a lot of my workspaces. And I just felt like I had to go where the problems were so that I could look the most impactful. Um, And doing that for 10 years was really exhausting. Um, And it led me down a lot of paths that I wasn't feeling really fulfilled by. I was transitioning from one job to the next and the new company that I was set to work with basically collapsed out from under me on my third day of work. So we had to close the company down. And for me, that was just sort of this karmic sign and opportunity that I needed to slow down. Um, Whether it was because my decision-making processes were off or happiness wasn't at the forefront of what was important to me. I just really needed to take a minute and look around and recalibrate. And so about two years ago, I opened my practice with the effort, with the idea of kind of taking some steps back from the corporate and startup world um, and really focusing on what it was that I enjoyed bringing to the world and bringing to my work. Um, So through a lot of inner work and a series of conversations with professionals and therapists and astrologers and a lot of different um, outward seeking work, um, I realized I needed to turn inward. And I realized that I had become this expert on chaos, right? I was like the queen of wrangling in chaos, whether it was project by project or um, with companies as a whole. And so that's what I started doing. I started working with companies um, to help them be more mission and value focused, which in my belief is where chaos comes from is when we're out of alignment with our mission and our core values. And that work turned into being able to use a lot of more woo-woo type um, practices like human design in my work. And 
to be perfectly honest, a year ago when I had my son, I had a lot of competing personalities and personas going on. I had this very like buttoned up corporate personality. I had this very spiritual side of my personality. I've been a yoga and meditation teacher for 10 years. Um, and suddenly I had this personality as a mother and I didn't know where to start. They all kind of were in competition with the other. And especially when it came to branding myself online, it didn't really make sense. Um, so I had to sort of banish that and banish all of those personas and just show up as me. And um, human design in particular really gave me a lot of background and understanding of who I am and permission to really show up that way and understand what about who I was on a day-to-day had been conditioned by my parents and my environment and my education and my people and what was innate in me um, and make the decisions about how I wanted to move forward with that information. I feel like that. that Go ahead, Case. Sorry. No, I just, I feel like that's so powerful. I feel like a lot of people can identify with that, like kind of almost having an identity crisis of who you actually are versus who people have projected you to be, your parents, your friends, all these other types of outside sources. So yeah, I, I can totally relate to that struggle. And I feel like a lot of other people can as well. Do you, ha- I would love to know, you know, cause I think human design, I'm slightly familiar with it. I've heard of it and I did, you did my chart brief, but for everyone else, could you explain human design a little bit in detail what it is? So human design is a personality model similar to the way that we would use something like a Myers-Briggs test or astrology um, or the Colby test. There are a ton of these different personality models and tests that work to sort of help us identify certain strengths and weaknesses um, in ourselves. And, And I've been obsessed with them for a long time. What is so, to me, interesting about human design is that it's a quantum model. So it's a model that stacks ancient modalities like astrology, the Chinese I Ching, the Kabbalah, and the Hindu Brahmin chakra system with modern sciences like uh, biochemistry, genetics, quantum mechanics. And so with all of that kind of stacked one on top of the other, it's a really, really dense system. Um, It can be hard and a little bit intimidating at first when you get your chart. So if you download your chart and you can do so, um, either by just Googling human design chart or heading to my website, nikkibrathman.com forward slash chart. And you'll see this, like you'll put in your birth date and time and location, and you're going to get back this chart that has like shapes and numbers and colors and words that you're not quite sh- you're, like in our current cultural language, you kind of know what they mean, but they mean something, they can mean something completely different in the context of the system. So it can be really overwhelming at first, which is why I usually suggest people either do what you did, Casey, which is do a chart brief, which is just a brief analysis of your particular combination of your chart elements, or to start doing a deep dive personally and start understanding what this means. Um, That's what I have a secondary Instagram, Human Design for Business. And the goal of that Instagram is sort of a playful educational place to experiment with what elements of your chart mean. Absolutely love all of Nikki's resources. We're going to include the link to be able to do your own human design chart in our show notes for the podcast. So I highly recommend if 
you haven't done your human design chart yet, pause this episode, hop into the show notes, go and get your chart done. And I think you'll find so much more information as we go through this when you have a personal connection to it. It always lights me up and excites me to hear my personal energy type. So if you haven't done it already, pause, do that and jump back in. And I'm excited to hear, Nikki, how did you stumble upon human design? That's a great question. So it came into my sort of purview a few years ago. Um, I downloaded my chart. I think I might have heard about it on Goop, maybe um, some something like that, a resource like that. And I downloaded my chart and I was like, this is wacky. I don't have time for this. And I kind of let it go. Um, and then a few years later, I had a client actually who asked me, have you heard about human design? And I said, I have, I haven't dug into it. And she at the time was really intrigued by the idea of being a human design specialist for parents to better um, know their children as they were raising them so that they later would have a lot less conditioning um, to undo like we all have. Um, But when she said that, and I think at the time I was maybe pregnant, or trying to get pregnant, I was just so interested. So I dug in and I dove into the information. And that time that I found it and I saw it, it really clicked for me. And I had my chart read and I bought a bunch of books and I really studied this stuff with a PhD level curiosity. I mean, I became obsessed. Everybody in you know, my world was getting text messages like, when is your birth time? And people thought I was really, really losing it. Um, <laughs> especially my husband. Uh, and it just, I was having so many consecutive and consistent aha moments that I was just so fueled and fed by that to keep going and keep learning. And that's, that's sort of how I found it. I have been using personality models in my work for a long time. So I remember probably five or six years ago, making the entire team of people that I managed give me their Myers-Briggs so that I could kind of assess where we were really, what we were really looking at and how, sorry, anticipate how people would work together in good ways and bad ways. Um, So when I found human design, I was like, wow, this is a really good way to do that. Started it to sort of backdoor it into my business because I was very afraid uh, that people wouldn't take me seriously if I brought them this kind of kooky looking modality where people need their birth date, time, and location of birth. And uh, so I would say things like, oh, I have this system here. Maybe you'd be interested. And um, everybody was always interested. That was sort of the magic. And nobody took me less seriously. So it took me a long time. I always call it my spiritual coming out to really bring this to the forefront of my business. But it's been really impactful once I have. Um, And I've had really, I've had corporate clients where I've done, you know, 10 charts at a time and brought that into a corporate board meeting setting, which is something I never would have believed possible before. I would have, you know, I was very, very scared of that for so long. And of course, this isn't going to be for everybody. But I found that it's a really nice way of weeding out who is a good person to work with and who is not for me. Because I'm not saying everybody has to believe in this. But I do encourage people to be open to the possibility of getting something from this about themselves. 
I think that's so wonderful. And it's honestly pretty ironic that you as your energy type as a manifester manifested something in your life so in line with who you are. And I love how you speak about your spiritual coming out because I think that's very much a manifester type of action. It absolutely is. And um, to give everybody sort of the lay of the land of what we're talking about, there are five energy types. And energy types are sort of the most elementary way that we can think about our human design before diving really deep. So there are five energy types. They are generators and manifesting generators. Uh, those people represent about 70% of the population. They're projectors. That's about 20% of the population. Manifestors, which is what Lara and I are. That's about 9% of the population. And reflectors, which is very rare. They're about 1% of the population. So our energy type literally dictates what energy we have the ability to move through our world and work with. The one common misconception I will say is that people believe if they're not manifester energy types, they cannot manifest. And that's just not true. Anybody can manifest, right? Anybody can generate things. But in the context of this system, in this particular part of the system, um, generators are here to do work. So generators and their subtype manifesting generators, their gift is their work. They have defined sacral energy. So they have this sort of motorized spirit to do what lights them up and they can just go, go, go and do, do, do. And a lot of us, you know, can't really keep up with them. And the world, because it's 70% manifestors, has sort of jumped on the bandwagon of this type of energy and expects this from everybody when not everybody has this particular energy uh, within them. And one of the key components for generators and manifesting generators is that they must do what lights them up in order to sort of access that energy. And if they're not doing the things that light them up, it becomes really difficult. It becomes a bit of a slog. It becomes sort of out of alignment. And a really good test for generators and manifesting generators is they should be able to kind of put their head down on the pillow at night and be just totally depleted and exhausted and then wake up the next morning with like this unboundless energy again um, for the things that they love. And that's, um, so that is most of, most of the world. Then we have projectors, which is about 20%. Um, projectors are sort of our, our keepers of wisdom. There are guides. There are people who really pick up on a lot of other people's energy and they have a lot of open centers. So they really are able to sort of literally pull in the energy of other people and know how to guide them and what they need. Actually, a lot of human design readers, there's like big percentage of human design readers who are projectors themselves. This is a lot of, you know, your therapists, um, people who are caretakers, because they're just really able to see into other people and understand what they need and what they're looking for. And then we have manifestors, which are the people who are sort of here to initiate. So our work is to initiate something and then sort of back off. And we'll talk a little bit about our strategy. So each energy type has a corresponding strategy of how they're meant to sort of work through their world as well. And then lastly, we have reflectors. And reflectors are super, super, super rare. And they have 
absolutely no definition in their chart. So if you're looking at your chart as a reflector, your chart is completely white. Um, and that means that they actually have no consistent and reliable energy of their own. And they're literally ref a reflection of what's going on around them in their environment. Um, I've only ever met one or two reflectors and I've only ever mm -hmm. read, I've only ever seen like four or five reflector charts. So they're very rare. Before I go on, I just want to make sure or see if you have any questions about those energy types. No, I mean, I think that this is so amazing. And I think my favorite part of this and everything you said is kind of like, it seems like the basis of this work is kind of to lean into who you already are and you don't have to be like anyone else. And when you're trying to operate at a different energy as someone else's different energy, like it's not going to, you're going to be out of alignment so I find that super interesting. I know that you mentioned generators when they're feeling in alignment, they, you know, can rest their head on the pillow and then feel completely, you know, after an exhausting day and then feel completely energized to do it again the next day. What kind of, um, I'm curious, like what kind of, how do I word this? What are signs that you felt that you were living in alignment when you started doing this work, like for you personally? That's a really good question. So I think that at the beginning, when I first started this work, I would sit down and I would like set the timer and I'd be like, I'm going to learn everything about this part of my chart in this hour. And then I would keep doing that and doing that. And what I realized through that is that this is an infinite practice. I could sit down and study my chart all day long and I still wouldn't see certain things that I could see tomorrow or the next day or the day after that. And because it's an infinite practice, you have to be really present with it and sort of take what comes up. And I always encourage people through readings or conversations about human design that they have permission to just take what feels good and leave the rest, right? We have had so much conditioning in our life that not everything that I see in someone's chart or that I tell someone about their chart is going to land for them. It might be really hard for them to hear certain things or to start deconditioning. So one thing that's been really interesting for me in my journey is not necessarily seeing where I'm in alignment, is noticing when I'm out of alignment. So I'll do things on a day-to-day -day basis and say like, wow, that wasn't a very manifester thing to do. Or um, I didn't really act with my emotional authority. I made a very snap decision instead of doing what emotional people with emotional authority do, which is wait it out and ride an emotional wave before making a decision. So it's less that I had a sudden aha of like, oh my God, look at me living in, living my best life of full alignment, but more that like I was having the conversations I was looking to have, opportunities were becoming more aligned. I was having higher numbers of people converting, right? I wasn't having a ton of introductory calls with businesses who weren't aligned financially with what my offerings looked like or weren't aligned with what I sort of my talents were. And that's how I really, that to me was really a sign that I was living in my alignment. I think that that's amazing. And, um, and I think that it's also a topic that comes up often on this podcast is that you have to take the things that are calling to you and the things that are serving you. And especially for your human design chart, it's something that's supposed to serve you for your whole entire life. So just because there's parts that that you don't understand just yet, you also have to understand that like your whole entire life is ahead of you. Is that right? Absolutely. And that, 
you know, we're always going to be conditioned by the world around us. So this active deconditioning is a forever thing. Like I'm not going to ever fully decondition because so much of my experience is who I am, um, despite my chart. But it's really helpful to see it in terms of things that don't feel aligned or don't feel right. We can sort of use our chart as a map or a resource to say, yeah, that's not within me, or I don't have the energy for that, or I'm not made to do things in that manner, uh, which can give us a lot of peace sometimes, whether it's because, you know, we were raised by parents with different energy types or raised with expectations that led us to live in different energy types. I mean, I think that I spent a lot of my life living as a, or pretending, traipsing around like a generator, right? I was a go, 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 do, 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 get it done, be faster. And I know that part of your life too, Lara, is like, I want to do this faster. I want to get this through. Um, and I was so burnt out by that. Uh, I, I was so burnt out by that, that I remember scheduling being burnt out. Like I remember saying, okay, I'm going to work these three weeks straight and then I'm going to take some time because I'm not really going to have an option at that point. That's so funny because when I initially heard you start talking about human design, I think on Chris Sieri's Cultivating Passion podcast, I thought that I was a generator initially before I got my chart because it was defined as the go, 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 which is really funny because I struggle so much with burnout that I just constantly have to like put a kibosh on everything that I'm doing, stop in my tracks and refocus myself on self-care. Yeah. And it's crazy because what that does, if you don't have this um, format, what this does, and this is from my own experience, is that it made me really feel less than if I could go, go, go and do, do, do. And then suddenly I couldn't. It made, without this framework of knowing that I wasn't that energy type, I had a lot of damaging self-talk about being lazy or I, had, or I had to get my shit together or I had to do this. And all of that dialogue in, in my head is now gone because I know that that's really not the way that my energy is made to work inside myself. That's interesting. And I've said a couple times on this podcast already that I feel so much better in my life right now that we're on quarantine, that I feel like I'm shouting it from the rooftops, how good I feel, because I just don't feel burnout. And I think it's so much to the fact that I'm finally living more in alignment with my energy type, because the burnout and the constant go, go, go has been, I think, so detrimental to my clarity, my focus, my creativity. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, I've been hearing actually that a lot from manifestors during quarantine, actually. Um, Generators and manifesting generators are are having a hard time because they really have to focus on the things that light them up. And sometimes, you know, things like taking care of your house and doing the dishes and not seeing your friends don't light you up. Um, But uh, yeah, it's been a really interesting time to examine where you're at and it, for me, it's been an invitation to say, like, look, I'm creating a whole new ecosystem in my house with my husband and my kid. It's a really great time to experiment. Um, actually, one of the things that manifestors is important for manifestors is to not actually sleep next to 
generators or manifesting generators because they absorb a lot of their energy um, as they sleep. And so one of the things that we did is that we looked at, my husband and I basically said, look, we have one of our biggest assets right now is our space. So I started sleeping in my office, not because we were fighting or because we don't love each other, just because we were like, let's experiment with this. And both of us are sleeping the best sleeps we ever sleep. Um, and we're doing really, really well. And that might continue through post-quarantine. You don't know, but awesome opportunity to examine sort of where you are. I really think that that's super valuable, especially because, you know, when you know your energy type, then you can start living in a way that supports that. I feel like I would probably argue, like, I feel like most people probably don't live in alignment with their energy or they're working against themselves mm. kind of, you know, yeah. doing so just from, you know, talking to friends and stuff like that and feeling burnout or just feeling like they're not lit up in what they're doing. For someone who isn't even super familiar with human design, like obviously the first step is figuring out what your energy type is. But if someone is just genuinely feeling like they're just not in alignment with everything that they're doing right now in life, is there any kind of advice you would give someone on, you know, tips to start? Like obviously figure out their their human design. Um, and then from there, how do you usually guide people? Yeah. So I think that energy type is a really good indicator. And Lindsay, for you and Casey, for you as generators, that means really tapping into your sacral energy and figuring out what lights you up. And so for generators and manifesting generators, you do get a sacral response. It's an immediate yes or no when you're sort of asked yes or no questions. So does your work light you up? You'll have a, an inner response. And sometimes it's about letting the mind quiet itself enough to really be able to interpret that physical response. And a lot of us aren't familiar with that. A lot of us have covered up our innate senses with outer stimuli. Um, and so I think that when you do feel out of alignment and you're turning towards this modality for understanding, it's really about, I think it goes really nicely with the meditation practice and making sure that you are able to quiet the mind enough to really get those cues about what's actually important, right? We do all of this work to figure out who we are and what our energy type is and understand what that means. But we do have to turn inward to figure out if our personal programming is going to even be heard by us. And um, so I think that the other thing that people can do is to do a sort of audit of their life, right? We can't, even if you know as a generator or a manifesting generator, okay, this doesn't, my job doesn't light me up. Okay, maybe your job doesn't light you up, but you have to do it right now for whatever reason, whether it's economic or social, maybe you can create a scenario where you can slowly pull out of that or you can change your circumstances. A lot of people will ask, I had someone ask me as a manifester, so being a manifester, does that mean I can just sit in the corner and tell everybody what to do? And I said, well, you could, right? <laughs> yeah, and if you want, if that's the way you want your life to work. Um, and I think that there are repercussions, right? We don't live in vacuums of one. We live in society with other people who are accustomed to meeting us at a certain place. And I think that there is a transitionary time that you have to be patient um, unless you're like willing and ready to like uproot your life and say like, Hey guys, I've been, I've, I'm a manifester and I've been living as a generator. So everything that you see from me is going to be different from now on. 
that might work for you. Um, but that for most, I think it's going to take a time of transition. So patience is a major key part of this practice. And I keep saying it as a practice because it's something we don't ever become, you know, it's never finished. And, and so bringing it as a day to day examination is something that makes it really much more impactful in the long run. I think that that's such good advice. And for someone who's starting off with looking at their chart, there's a lot of different information on it. Are there a couple of different items on the chart that you think are most prominent and that you see um, the most impact on people with that you want to speak on? Yeah. So the three things that I generally focus on, on the in the beginning are energy type, which as I've mentioned is sort of the energy that we have to move through the world their authority and inner authority is our decision-making process and then profile. And our profile is like the style or the costume by which we're meant to move through the world. And so I start with those three things. Those are the three things that I highlight in chart briefs, which um, I've done one for Casey. A chart brief is basically a customized PDF that overviews those three items, your profile, your authority, and your energy type, and then gives you customized journal prompts and affirmations for your combination of those three things. So those are the three places to start and they're really in the upper part of your chart. Um, There's so much here, right? There's so many components to this practice that I mostly suggest people don't even touch anything else before looking at those three things and really learning how to live in their design with those three things. The other components that will be relevant at the beginning are your strategy and your not-self theme. So the strategy and the not-self theme are actually just extensions of your energy type. So for you, Lindsay and Casey, for generators, your not-self theme is frustration. So uh, Casey, you asked, like, how do you know if you're in alignment or out of alignment? For generators, that's going to be frustration. That's really what our not-self theme is, is how we know that, okay, we are I'm not living my design. Things are not going well for me right now is when feelings of frustration come up. For us as manifestors, Laura, that not-self theme is anger. And for those who are projectors, the not-self theme is bitterness. And for reflectors, the not-self theme is disappointment. So if you are you know, figuring out, taking your not-self theme and really training yourself when you feel the, that particular emotion to take an audit of what's going on around you and saying, okay, this is how I'm not living as a generator or as a manifester in this moment. And here's how I can sort of bring myself back and equalize and make sure I'm living um, in that way. So our not self themes are sort of signposts of, of how are we doing? And it gives us an opportunity to check in. That's really awesome. And then the inner authority, which you said is one of like the three main things that you focus on the type, the inner authority and profile, the inner authority is based on chakras, correct? Yes. So you'll see that in the human design system, there are actually nine centers versus like the Hindu Brahmin chakra system that has seven and human design just takes into account that our, as human beings, as we've evolved throughout the like industrial revolution and the technological revolution that we've expanded and changed and we have sort of more centers. So yes, you're right. The inner authority is based on which of your centers are defined and which are undefined. So 
in um, human design, we refer to defined as if it has color in it or not. Um, it doesn't matter what the color is. Every color is specific to its actual center. But having a defined center means that you have access to consistent and reliable energy in that particular space versus when it's open um, or undefined, as we call it. It's not that you don't have any energy available there. It's just that you don't have access to consistent and reliable energy there, which makes you a bit more prone to conditioning or feeling the energy of other people around you. I'm curious, like for in my chart, it says I have sacral authority. So what would that look like? What does that show up as? So sacral authority is um, only generators and manifesting generators can have sacral authority. So sacral authority is an immediate yes or no response. So if I ask you a question, Casey, deep down inside, sort of in your gut, it's what we kind of colloquially call our gut reaction, you will have sort of a yes or no response. Um, do you feel good today? Yes or no. Do you like human design? Yes or no. And you'll feel that gut response. And that's how you should go um, through your world and make decisions are sort of these snap yes or no. Um, for people, I'm not, Lindsay, do you know what your authority is? My inner authority is sacral too. You're sacral too. Okay. So mm -hmm. perfect. So you're the same. For people like me and Laura who don't have a defined sacral center and we actually are emotional authority. We actually don't have a gut response. So when people ask me and Laura to say like, well, what's your gut reaction? We actually are, are coming up zero. And if we do come up with anything, it's because of the societal pressure or maybe the pressure of someone near us or around us. So we actually are meant to ride the wave of our emotions. So we're not supposed to make emotions from a place of a lot of excitement or like a lot of sadness. So let's say something comes to us and they say, Hey, Nikki, Hey, Lara, do you want to do this project? And at first I'm like super excited about it. I'm super jazzed. And then I get really annoyed by it. I'm like, Oh my God, this will be a horrible project. I need to kind of wait until I've written out all of those emotions and make decisions from sort of a place of calm. And so having, there's actually, I think there's seven total authorities. So there's five more um, that are a little bit more rare being having sacral and having emotional authority are the two most common. So those, when you're not making decisions from there, it can lead to more chaos. And so there's, there's a lot more when it comes to authority to sort of look into, you can be a generator with emotional authority, which means you also have a defined sacral center. So that can mean things that are a little bit different. You'll feel your emotional wave a little differently than someone who doesn't have a defined sacral center. But it just, just goes to show that everybody is unique and everybody experiences all of this completely differently. And the one thing that I did want to return to as far as our energy type goes is that every energy type has a corresponding strategy. So a way by which they're supposed to execute their energy. And for generators and manifesting generators, their strategy is to respond. So as manifestors, our strategy is to inform. So before myself or Lara go and do anything, we really need to sort of tell the world what we're doing. It's in our nature to sort of want to be total renegades and just kind of blow everyone off and say like, we're going to do it our way. Um, but it's really important that we inform and say, this is what we're doing before we initiate so that people have the opportunity to respond, right? So that generators have something to respond to. So that's sort of the energetics of it. It might be that 
me or Laura would say, okay, we're going to do this. And then Lindsay and Casey, you'd say, okay, as generators, it's our job to respond and respond and kind of use your gifts as your specific gifts for work and respond to those particular calls to action. For projectors, their strategy is to wait for an invitation. So that's not even responding to something, but that's someone really coming to them and asking them to speak to something. And that's where this sort of role of the guide and the keeper of wisdom comes. It's really hard to think of someone who is wise, who is just sort of spilling information out. Usually people who we think of as really wise, we're coming to them with requests, we're coming to them and asking for their opinion, and then they're there to give it. So when a projector is working in flow, they're really waiting to be seen as an authority figure on something. And having people come to them sort of grounds them in that type of energy. And then the last one, reflectors, the strategy, and this comes straight from the chart, is to wait a lunar cycle, which sounds crazy in our current society. And obviously, they're not going to wait a lunar cycle before doing anything. But the idea here is that reflectors are getting information from so many different places, right? They're getting it from their environment, they're getting it from the people they're around, that they need the entire 28-day lunar cycle to digest all of this information and take sort of the arc of all of these data points in order to move forward and to act. That's wild. I would not have the patience to wait a lunar cycle. (laughs) I could not. I know. And it's crazy to think about. And so often I get people who say, well, what if I don't like my energy type? What do I do? And I, I almost want to tell them like, well, go find a different system. Because <laughs> the truth is we can't change our energy types more than we can change the day that we were born. Right. And so our energy types are what they are. And I think it's really about using the assets that you have in order to create and build and live the life that you want to live. So we know that there's things about us that we can't change. There's plenty we can change, of course, but there's a lot we can. And so using the amount of energy that we're really given to go and have the impact, and we're all meant to have impact. We're all, we all have value that's innate and inherent, no matter what we do, no matter how efficient we are, no matter what we look like, we all have inner gifts, inner wisdom and value just by being alive. So using human design and what the way, you know, everybody, there's great things about every energy type and there's difficult things about every energy type. And so just using that and stepping into that as a means of really being with yourself and seeing who you're meant to be. I think that that's amazing. And it's also really valuable information because based on that, like, yes, you can't change your energy type, but you can change around certain things in your life so that you are living in alignment and that so your life is flowing in like a very flourishing way. Absolutely. And there's great things about every energy type. There's difficult things about every energy type. There's two sides of the coin to everything. And I think that what's always super important to remember is that we all bring value. It doesn't matter how efficient we are, which like our current society has led us to believe that the more efficient we are, the better we are, more valuable we are. Our value as human beings is inherent. It's We're born with it. We are all valuable. We're all special. We're all gifted. We all have wisdom, no matter what we look like or where we come from or how much money we have or what we do for work or how efficient we are. And I think that 
for me, human design is a constant reminder of that, that there's so much uniqueness. It's literally called the science of differentiation, that we can all be different, we can thrive, and we don't have to be molded into these boxes. Uh, We don't actually even have to be understood by everybody around us. For a lot of generators and manifesting generators, they have a lot of things that light them up and they feel this pressure to make them all make sense for people, make them all fit in this tidy package. For us, Laura, for as, as manifestors, we have a very repelling aura because we sort of are saying exactly what it is that we want to manifest into place. And we're actually taught from society's perspective to quiet that and that that's not appropriate. And then that's not being a team player. And a lot of that type of languaging is super damaging. So it's always an opportunity to look at the way that society tries to actually mold us all to be the same versus celebrates the way that we're all very different. That's brilliant. And I just think that there's so many wonderful takeaways that you've given to the audience. Number one, and first and foremost, is that The beauty lies in your differentiation and beauty lies in your uniqueness. And that is so much of how you can bring value to the world. You have inherent value. And, you know, a lot of people can capitalize on that in business by fully understanding their differentiation from the world. Well, I have one more question. What are some resources that someone in the audience can use if they'd like to learn more about human design. We, of course, highly encourage everybody to go to Nikki's website. We're going to link it in the show notes. Get your chart if you haven't already. And do you have any podcasts or books that you could recommend as well? Nikki also gave um, our audience listeners 15% off if you want a chart brief if you use the code Flourish. So that was so nice. Thank you so much. I highly encourage everyone to do it. Yes. So there are, there is a book that I highly recommend, which is literally called The Definitive Book of Human Design, available on Amazon. It's super dense. It reads like a textbook. And that's, I'd say, not the issue, but the challenge of this system um, that there is so much dense information and it's being interpreted by a lot of different people in a lot of different ways. But my aim Um, especially with putting out information is that it be digestible um, and relatable. So there are a few people um, throughout Instagram. One of um, my favorite mentors and teachers is Jenna Zoe. She has a podcast called Reframe, which is an amazing podcast to kind of talk through people who are, she talks with people who are really living in their design. So it can be a little bit more advanced. Um, But that, the definitive book of human design Um, And just kind of browsing the internet for resources and people and voices that really vibe with you. Um, Again, there are a lot of people putting out a lot of things right now. It's a pretty hot topic. Um, But just finding someone who you relate to and learning from them. I love that. And speaking of that, we've mentioned your chart brief. You have a chart brief. You have an extended chart brief. You have a reading. And then can you go into more about what it's like to work with you and the different services that you provide? Absolutely. So um, chart briefs and extended chart briefs are a um, PDF, like I've mentioned, that's customized to you where we overview your energy type, your authority, and your profile. And it comes with customized 
affirmations and journal prompts for you. The extended version of that also comes with a five to eight minute audio note uh, download from me on just what I'm seeing in your chart. You're also free in sort of the um, intake process of that to ask a question that I can speak to. And then, um, so that's the chart brief in the extended chart brief, which you can get 15% off by using the code flourish. And then you have a chart reading. So a chart reading is an hour session with me where we go through again, probably things like your energy type, your profile, your inner authority. But I really like to put people in the driver's seat here and to bring issues up that feel confusing for them. Um, that we can really talk through. So that's a reading is probably more akin to a therapeutic session. So really dive into your life and how you feel like you might be living in your design already, giving you opportunity to think about how you could be living more in your design. Um, and then I do have sort of longer standing relationships and products and offerings for sort of um, a three reading session where we talk, you know, one session about life, one session about work one session about um, sort of love and stuff like that, because this comes into play at every part of your life. And then I have like a much longer 12 week sort of completely revising your life and living in your design type of course. I think that that's so amazing. And I'm super excited to see everyone's um, human design chart that is around my world. I want my boyfriend to do it. I'm excited <laughs> for too. everyone. Yeah. So, I and it's crazy because it really does, they spill into each other a little bit, like um, who I surround myself with and who, like, I think it's funny that it flourish. Laura is the manifester and then me and Casey are generators. Like, it works out actually pretty nicely. Yeah. Um, so, cool. Well, thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you so, so much, Nikki. And if you guys love this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and send us a screenshot of it, and you will be entered to win one free month at Flourish. Yes, and Nikki, where can we find you? Awesome. So I spend most of my time on Instagram at Nikki Brathman or at Human Design for Business, and of course on my website, NikkiBrathman.com. I literally love your human design for business. Instagram, Nikki goes live with a bunch of different people to do chart readings on Instagram live. And it's absolutely fascinating to learn more about human design through hearing other people's experiences and charts. So definitely go check her out. Follow her. Please DM her or drop her a comment or something to share with her what you loved about this episode, what you're fascinated by, what you want to learn more about. Just show her some love as a huge, huge thank you, Nikki, for coming on the podcast with us. Thank you so much, Nikki. This was amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me and for doing what you do. I miss you guys in the distance time, but I know that we'll all be back together soon. We miss you too. This is so amazing that we got to chat and hang out. Thank you, Nikki. Thanks, guys. Hey everyone, we have such an exciting announcement. We are hosting the first ever Flourish Coworking Space Business Bootcamp. We have such a stacked lineup. It will be for three Wednesday evenings 
in May from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern, and we will be meeting virtually on May 13th. We'll be talking about business planning and leadership management. On May 20th, we'll be talking about marketing, sales, and strategy. And May 27th, we'll be talking about business, financials, taxes, and accounting. We hope that you join us and you can use the discount code WEGROWTOGETHER for 10% off until May 1st. We Grow Together will get you 10% off. You can bundle and save. So if you'd like to attend all three workshops, you'll get one session free and save $49. But if you can't and you just want to choose one or two of those, you can still use the code We Grow Together until May 1st to get 10% off. We will have all the information linked in the show notes. We hope that you join us. And if you didn't know and you've missed prior workshops. You can always find those in the Flourish co-working shop that we have linked in the show notes as well. You can do either the social media management workshop or the money management workshop. And if you're unable to attend the sessions that you sign up for, you will always have access to the video and you can even sign up for them after or get them after in the Flourish shop. So we hope to see you there and we hope you join us. Dean Street Law is our sister company. I'm Laura DeFrancesco, founder and CEO of Dean Street Law. It's a corporate law firm that helps you with everything corporate law and has tons of free resources and guides on our website that you can find everything from protecting your company from liability, forming a startup, and the different types of entities, all the way to intellectual property and social media. So if you'd like some free information on the legal aspects of your business, head over to deanstreetlaw.com. And you can also find us on Instagram at Dean Street Law. We provide a lot of free information and always feel free to reach out to us if you have any questions. Thank you everybody for joining us this week. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks guys. Bye.